Some thought we might never come back. But here we are, we're back. Episode, ooh, what are you up to, Mel? 70, <laughs> what is it, 73? <laughs> 73 or 74, I'm not sure. Oh, you lose count when you have a bit of a break. Yeah. But anyway, we're back. The Parkrun Adventures are back. After a short break of a couple of weeks. But I'm sure it was really long for some people. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> See, the boys agree. The, boy, the boys go, where have you been? <laughs> yeah. Come on, boys. So we're going to soldier on, despite the interruptions of my dogs, who were very excited that we're back, or <laughs> very excited that the tradesmen are out. Working on my roof, I'm not sure. I think it's because they're excited because we're back. I, I would say so. Yeah. And it's good that they're awake because they're usually asleep during podcast time. How's your sleep going, Mel? That's, Let's that's start a there. very interesting question. <laughs> <laughs> By sleep, do you mean how's my awakeness going? Yeah. Because that's going awesome. <laughs> I'm spending a lot of time doing that. <laughs> Uh, it's not too bad. It's it's making um, parkrun day a little bit more challenging. With but to be honest, like last week for example, I had about four hours of broken sleep on Friday night, and I've been to parkrun on less sleep than that in the past. Usually, the day of anniversaries where I've been making cakes and things like that the night before. So, yeah, it's not too bad. This is easier. We should just clear <laughs> up front. That our break is actually nothing to do with you and motherhood. It's all me. So if anyone's <laughs> been curious as to why we took a break, it's not because you wanted to. It's because I needed a break. Well, no, that's all right. Every, everybody needs a little bit of a hiatus from time to time. So you have continued to be super mum, like you said you were going to be. Uh, I wouldn't say that. I'm living in a bit of the twilight zone and uh, most days I don't make it out of my pyjamas, but <laughs> hey, that's the dream, isn't yeah. it? I always wanted to just You've stay in my pyjamas all it. the time and here I am. So yes, today I am sporting my flannelet pyjamas that have raccoons and acorns on them. Oh, very park run like It is. Yeah. It's very outdoorsy. <laughs> But I'm impressed you're still getting along to Parkrun. Uh, we have been, yes. We haven't missed one yet, technically, wow. since Wes was born. So, yeah, we're not doing too badly. And he's even had a few adventures and a volunteer along the way, which has been good. So, how's it been? What, how's it work? Have you actually run them? Have you or walked them? Well, we, we walked our first one a few weeks ago at Sandgate Parkrun. So, I got an adventure down that way, which... As you know, Sandgate's been on my list for a very long time, so t the time had come. Uh, it went well for about the first five minutes. Wes was in a pram. My niece, Lani, was determined to push him the whole way, but he cracked it because he was hungry at about seven, uh, five past seven. So that turned into me walking and breastfeeding for about two kilometres. And I can tell you, my arms were like jelly at the end of that. But he was happy that the milk bar was open en route, so then he was able to go back in the pram for the rest of the event. That sounds like a good workout. Oh, it is. I, I've never had my arms worked out at Parkrun before, so hopefully he doesn't make a habit of it. But you just can't time these things. He's not in any particular routine at the moment. He just, when he's hungry, that's it. You've got to feed him. There's no, there's no slowing down or stopping, so... Um, but then we we had a week where we were volunteering down at Noosa and he did that in the baby carrier and was very well behaved. Uh, taught me how to do the stopwatch with my left hand because he, he needed my right hand to pat him. And then last week we did Namble Park Run. We took on Namble Park Run and he was in the baby carrier for that. Bless her, Melissa, the event director, was a little bit... Um, Concerned that I wanted to attempt her course with a six-week-old baby in the mm. carrier, um, but she had prepped the marshal at the creek to push me out on the other side and the tail walker to keep a very stern eye on me and to walk in front of me when we were going down the twins and things like that to break my fall. So just in case, we decided to join the stack club. 
Uh, and Renee Gimbert actually walked the course with me at Nambour as well. So she was very protective and in the front and holding hands out and just in case, you know, we needed the help. So it was good. I forgot how hilly the course is. <laughs> and my glutes were not thanking me, nor were my legs. Um, I guess possibly even after childbirth, six weeks is not quite enough time for somebody to tackle Nambour Park Run um, comfortably afterwards. Un- unless you are one of those super amazing athletes, of which I am not one. So, but... We did it. It took about an hour and 20 minutes, but we did it. And uh, Wes, Wes gave it the sleep seal of approval because he slept through about four kilometers of that course. Good on you, Wes. Yeah. Hmm. So that's how park riding is with a baby Wes. What about time-wise? What are we talking about? Um, to be honest, I don't. I don't even look at my results <laughs> and I haven't been walking with, I mean, yeah, Nambour took about an hour 20 right. and I only knew that because Renee uh, had her GPS watch, but I haven't worn a GPS watch for a few months now since my last one broke. So yeah, I, I, and I don't look at the um, results emails except to know that I got one so that that my scanning had happened. So if it shows up in my email inbox, I'm happy. And then sometimes I might check to see how many events I've done or how many volunteers, but I don't even look at the time. Mm. You brought up how many events you've done. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) How many? Well, see, you you threw down the, the challenge back to me recently that you've been chipping around and stuff. And I was like, oh, wow. Wish I I, I, it's time for me to knock over my Nandy, and that's what Nambour was for me. Oh, so, so Nambour, th- we hadn't done Nambour, because I, I didn't expect you to jump ahead of me. I knew you were going to Sandgate. Yes, to, to draw even with you again. Yeah, but so <laughs> Nambour was the one that got you ahead. Hmm. It was, yes. Tricky, tricky. Because I've actually been on quite a few adventures since we last spoke as well. You have, but I don't know anything about them. Tell me. Well, I've been going back to park runs that I've actually already done. So they're sort of adventure park runs. I've been to Mount Gambia. We had our boys' road trip to Mount Gambia. We had a great time, cleaned up, and Mount Gambia, fantastic. Fantastic town, fantastic event. Lots Gorgeous of fun Gorgeous Blue there. Lake. Yeah, but I'd already run it, so that didn't count. Then I was working up at Early Beach, so I had an Early Beach park run, but already done that one so that didn't count <laughs> snuck in a, a visited out to Laylaw when uh, they celebrated NADOC week and again they already done that one so yeah he jumped ahead well, of me there which is, is fine there is a little column on the most events list which has the worldwide number of events and you are ahead of me in that column. That's, so that's the column I've I been currently have on. the yeah. Aussie column and you have the worldwide column. Yeah. So we can call it even for now, although you've got two more than me in the other column. Because mm. <laughs> my worldwide count doubled to two a month ago <laughs> <laughs> when I ran and a And what tring. was the second event? Tring. I ran a tring. Yeah. Which I wrote a bit about. In the Parkrun newsletter. And, you know, Tring is the one where I'm sure plenty of you have seen that video with Uncle Rositas. Yeah. And everything in that video is true. Like, you, I lived it. The, the cow marshals exist. Uh, I saw the PB bell. And... You didn't get to ring it? I don't think... Like... The rules around the PB bell, when it's your first time, technically it's your PB, but I don't think you should be ringing it first time. No, but, oh, so you didn't, you didn't do an overall parkrun PB. Surely you can ring it if it's an overall parkrun PB. I look at it as a PB on that course. I always do when, whenever I run a course for the first time as well. <laughs> and I always look at 59.59s as equal first finisher for everyone. Yeah. I'm Good yet point. to run an event where I've enjoyed a 59.59, so I've never <laughs> been a first finisher. But one day I hope to. That's your aim. It's, it's good to have dreams and goals. Hope for a timing malfunction. And I encourage volunteers to mess up the timekeeping so that happens. 
<laughs> or for the batteries to fall off the back, which is more often the case. Yeah. It's not usually the volunteer's fault. It's you know it happens every now and then. I've never experienced a fifty-nine fifty-nine. Neither of you combined. We must have done almost three hundred runs. That's a pretty good track record. By it is, yeah. We should we should get um, Ian to check out the um, next time we have facts in the haystack to look at the percentage of how many fifty nine fifty nines have happened in the history of Australian park run compared to how many haven't happened. Yeah. Okay. Can you write that down so we remember to? I will mention writing that to it Ian down right now when he comes on in a couple of weeks' time. Ian. You're on notice. But that's it. That's what's been happening. I've actually been feeling really good these past couple of months. I've changed some things with my diet. Um, I'm looking forward to catching up with uh, Adrian, who's been at a winery uh, later on in the episode because I've started drinking again. <laughs> oh, <laughs> okay. Is, so uh, that New Year's resolution didn't last. No, no. Like, I haven't become a drunk. But <laughs> I have, I've just started enjoying a glass of wine every now and then and... There's no denying it. Wine is tastes nice. Absolutely. Well, you know um, who's getting a park run a little bit later this year? Yes, I do. I'm very excited. The Barossa Valley, for those who don't know, is getting a park run called Barossa Bush Gardens. I'm a bit keen for that one. I haven't been to the Barossa in a couple of years, so I might have to make a trip down. Me neither. Should we go? I think we should. Should we make an adventure out of it? Well, obviously. Yeah. Do you? I, I, and I know you don't tend to do launches, but shall we go down for the launch? What a great idea. When is the launch? Uh, it's the 16th of September, I believe. Let's put it in our diaries. I'm excited. Oh, I'm excited. And I think we should, we should stay an extra couple of days just to take in all the vineyards. <laughs> Done. Done. <laughs> I like having the podcast back. We're making holiday plans. It's good. We are. These are important plans to make. Plans for more adventures. We haven't been around the world for a while in the podcast, and it's time to visit America. I think the next big country to explode parkrun-wise. And joining us is their country manager, Daryl Staniford, welcome to the podcast, Daryl. Thank you, Scott. Great to join you guys. You're in the heart of Parkrun USA these days. You're in Baltimore, Washington. How's that going? How is the growth of Parkrun in that part of the world? We've been quite lucky. Um, we have a really great team that's come together here, quite coincidentally. It, it's, an, it's an international team. It's a, both an American team and an international team. And it came together simply coincidentally in the middle of uh, 2015. And since then, it's, it's really been growing well. Not at the same pace that things have been in Australia or the UK, obviously, once they got going. But nonetheless, at a good pace for us. And Daryl, how did you get involved with Parkrun? So I spent 20 years in Moscow, Russia, living and working there. Uh, worked for a company, CBRE, in real estate, and Moscow has big parks, but it also has about six months of winter, and so I'd gotten to the habit of spending time on the treadmill, but not not a lot of time, and I got bored uh, starting to run farther on the treadmill and decided to try to run outside some. This was in the spring of 2014, and so I went online and said 5K in Moscow, and the first thing that popped up was the new park run in Gorky Park. And so I attended, I believe, the second park run in Gorky Park that May and got fairly hooked on it. And we were starting our transition then. Our son was entering his senior year at boarding school in Surrey in Cobham in England. And so soon after starting park run to participate in park run in Moscow, I ended up spending time quite quite a bit of time over a nine-month period in Surrey and ended up attending both uh, Bushy Park and Guildford in the UK. And my wife, who's Russian, who's not a runner, and who had just turned 50, she ran the first 5K ever in her life at the 10th anniversary run in Bushy Park. And to be honest, it was both a great experience and 
for a, for a person who's not used to being hot and sweaty and wet, it wasn't an ideal experience. Because although Bushy Park is amazing with the 25 volunteers and the funnel management and everything, when we had 1,900 people for the 10th anniversary run, it took a while to get the token, and then it took a while to get out of the car park. And uh, but indeed, it shows the power of Park Run that in spite of her spending an hour being uh, hot and sweaty that she wasn't used to being, she in the end demanded to go back again and also got into the, the park run habit. So you do it as a family. Does your son park run as well? Our son is not an enthusiastic runner. He's 20. He likes to play soccer. He likes real sports that involve skill and uh, movement in varying directions rather than just straight ahead all the time. So he he does not find running five kilometers terribly exciting, but he has got, come out and volunteered at each of our inaugurals and, uh, and so supports us in our parkrun spirit. That's a good start. He's in that age bracket that has struggled to embrace parkrun. And the American population, are they, are they starting to embrace parkrun? Are they starting to get it? We see the numbers are growing. They are starting to get it. Uh, we have an interesting situation in the United States. So... The D.C. area, it really is catching on here, but not for lack of alternatives. So the larger metropolitan areas in the United States, particularly those that are thriving right now, the, the fitness craze is going full on. And, of course, the fitness industry is a, is a huge industry in the United States. And so besides having lots of paid-for 5Ks available any given weekend. You also have all sorts of other cross-training available. So there is a, a, a lot of competition for parkrun here, but at the same time, people are tired of paying for, for 5Ks. And so we found that people really enjoy it coming out. There is a little bit in the United States of, of this desire to have something exciting, something special, some hook. What is the attraction? Are people going to throw colored paint on me? Are they going to give away lots of uh, neat prizes? What's going to be the thing that makes it special? And it's a little bit different for people to find that the thing that makes it special is the other people, uh, the camaraderie, the cheering each other on, and, and the social aspect. And actually talking with the other people that participate in the run um, and meeting new people. So it's it's really kind of counterculture for us in the United States right now. And it's been welcomed, I think, for that. Do you think it's one of those things, I mean, obviously all of these other events that have the hook, the, you know, the color runs of the world and the neon runs and all those sorts of things, they're, they're a bit of a flash in the pan. You know, you do them once and it's, oh, yeah, that was pretty fun, but then you kind of get over it. Do you think Park Run is going to have that lasting effect on people they're going to get there and they are going to go oh you know what I, I could do this every week I'm not going to get bored of this like those other events I think it does we see that already and again it's because the people um, it's not boring to come back and see people that you enjoy spending time with or coming back and saying hmm I wonder who I'll meet this week at Park Run." so I think that's an ongoing attraction for people and and particularly in an environment where more and more of the interaction is virtual through social media to get out and actually talk with a real person that you can see and, and interact with is uh, fun. So we were talking about park run and, and starting to grow here in the northern Virginia, D.C. and Maryland area. And it was really a, a confluence of, of events and, and people coming together so when I eventually did get back here after Moscow and there were no park runs anywhere nearby, I contacted Park Run and within a week of doing that, I met a guy here named Peter Blank who he said, gee, you're the second person this week to ask me about Park Run. And a week before, a local American, Henry Wigglesworth, had asked Peter if anybody else was interested in starting a parkrun in the area and also had contacted Parkrun. And shortly before that, Dee Coughlin, an Irishman who's a cancer research fellow here in D.C., 
and Andreas Falconer, a Brazilian with a UK passport who works at the World Bank, uh, within the same period in the middle of 2015, he'd also contacted Parkrun. So Paul Sinton Hewitt connected the four of us, and we met at a coffee place at the beginning of September 2015. And by January 2016, we had the first park run going at Fletcher's Cove here. And we were fortunate that both Paul and Nick Pearson came through D.C. on the way back uh, from trips and met all of us. And, of course, we absorbed their enthusiasm, but I think they also felt our enthusiasm. And so it went on from there. A couple up in uh, College Park who've been in the U.S. 20 years one Englishman and an American, Andrea Zukowski and Colin Phillips, they attended the inaugural at Fletcher's Cove and decided they were going to start a park run in College Park. But at that time, it was still a situation where to start a park run here, you had to set up your own nonprofit. You had to figure out your own insurance and set up your own bank account to collect the funds because there was no park run U.S. So while they were doing all that, they did 33 practice runs, which I don't know if that's a record for park run or not, but that's quite a few. They did six months of uh, trial runs, much like perhaps Paul did at the beginning. In the meantime, park run decided, okay, we'll set up a nonprofit for the U.S. And in the summer that happened, James Kemp, who's been our park run ambassador, who taught us and trained us, he worked with the lawyers here, here, here that were helping pro bono, got the legal entity set up. And at that point, I said, okay. I'll get the insurance organized in a bank account. And so we got national insurance and the national bank account set up. And fortunately for me, I didn't find a full-time job transitioning back. And everything eventually came together where I volunteered and the guys agreed that I would lead Parkrun in the U.S. And things have kept going from there. And our, our team just keeps growing and growing and so we really now have about eight people in our core team in the area that are just terrific. We're all about the adventures, and so obviously our listeners are keen to hear about the different courses and things. Can you give us a little bit of an overview of the different types of events that you've got in the U.S. so far? Certainly. Just within uh, the, we call it DMV, the District of Columbia, Maryland, and Virginia area, where we now have four events fairly close together. We have quite a good variety, both in terms of uh, flat or not flat, shaded, not shaded, adventurous, not adventurous. Uh, both Roosevelt Island and Lincoln Park in Baltimore have some hills. They're largely shaded, and they go through the woods. Roosevelt Island is in the middle of the Potomac River, uh, two miles, less than two miles from the White House. So it's quite a quite an interesting one, and it, it has good public transportation access. So we're fortunate to get the most visitors. Uh, we've also been getting the most registrations, which is interesting. Fletcher's Cove and College Park are both fast courses, both pretty courses. We now have a new park run down in Richmond, Virginia, two hours south of Washington, D.C. It has the biggest hills of any of our park runs. It's called Deep Run Park Run. And it has the biggest hills of any of the US park runs. On the other coast, we have Chrissy Field, which I imagine many people have heard of already with the view of the Golden Gate Bridge. Nice flat course. Claremont is act in Florida is actually the most popular with international tourists because it's located next to Disney World. Livonia, Michigan is the original park run, a suburb of Detroit that's just celebrated five years. And then we have three new park runs that in the long term will actually be more representative of the United States than the aforementioned park runs. Uh, we have Egan, Minnesota, a suburb of St. Paul, Minneapolis. We have Ottawa, Illinois, which is two hours outside of Chicago. And we have Mansfield, Ohio, which is pretty much in the middle of northern Ohio, halfway between Columbus and Cleveland, population 53,000. And it's the county seat of a, of a very agricultural community. And the other legacy park run we have is, meaning one of our old original park runs, is in Durham, North Carolina. So those are our total 12. But as I talked about 
our big cities having so many things going on, I didn't mention that our smaller cities and towns like Mansfield, Ohio, Ottawa, Illinois, and hopefully soon Moberly, Missouri, we have literally thousands of communities that don't have the critical mass of affluent, uh, just large numbers of people ready to pay for fitness. Hundreds of thousands or millions of people ready to pay for fitness. So the fitness industries haven't developed around them. And these towns have a real lack of activities. They'll have a couple of charity runs during the year. But most weekends, you're hard-pressed to find something to do. And these are the communities where we have the biggest problems with obesity and, and sedentary lifestyles. So these are the places that are really welcoming Park Run and where we believe Park Run will make the biggest difference. So is that going to be your focus moving forward? Maybe not focusing on big cities like New York and Chicago, but maybe looking at these smaller rural towns? to help grow Parkrun and its numbers? Uh, well, as, as we all know, you can't go into a town and say, let's start a Parkrun. And, and just, you can't put pins on the map and say, we're going to start Parkruns in all of these cities. Um, you have to go where the volunteers are asking for Parkruns. And we are finding that I'd say it's about two-thirds in the smaller communities and one-third in the larger communities. But in the big cities, it's harder and people get more frustrated more quickly. Uh, in several of the big cities in the United States, we cannot get permits for weekly events. In some cases, not at any price. In other cases, only at thousands of dollars a month because the parks are very crowded and very busy. And at this point... And understandably so, the parks management are not interested in increasing the number of events. So in the larger cities, uh, the people are focusing farther out into the suburbs in the parks that are less crowded. So our strategy is to follow our volunteers, to support any event director and local team that is ready to start a park run. And I think it's going to be about two-thirds in the smaller communities and one-third in the big cities. Sounds like a good plan, Daryl. Now, do you think one of the challenges, looking, looking at the map of America and you've got Chrissy Field in San Francisco is this one isolated event over on the West Coast and then you, you've got most of your events at the moment over on the East Coast. Do you think one of the challenges of finding those volunteers to say, hey, we want a park run in our community, is that nobody knows about it? That is indeed the case. And we've been getting a lot of local publicity. But before this past week in the article in the Wall Street Journal, we had not had a lot of national publicity. So we, during this past week, we have received 45 new inquiries from all around the country from people interested in starting a park run. And only about 20% of those are people that have had some exposure to park run previously, either because they're expats that have moved here or they're Americans who were expats at some point in their lives and experienced park run. So 80% of those people are have no exposure to park run previously. That was a great article in the Wall Street Journal. Was it something that you approached them about or one of their writers, journalists, was actually a park runner? It is a great example of a team effort. Rachel Bachman, the journalist, had tweeted something that caught Paul Sinton Hewitt's attention. He tweeted her back. She said, hmm, that's interesting. And she said, maybe I'll do an article. And Colin Phillips, who's co-event director at College Park, who's a linguistics professor and, and who is our biggest data geek here in the U.S., he sent her some interesting information. But she was still lukewarm until Henry Wigglesworth, who has been on our board and co-founded Fletcher's Cove with us, was one of the gang of four that I mentioned. His daughter had been in a school activity with Gerald Smith, the editor-in-chief of Wall, the Wall Street Journal, and Henry sent another email to him saying, hey, Parkrun is popping up again. Rachel's thinking about doing an article. Please encourage her. So just at the right time, Rachel got hit effectively from three sides, one of those sides being her editor-in-chief. So that probably helped tip the scales in our favor to get it going. But 
it's just another example of the great diversity of contacts and people that we have that seem to be making things happen in the U.S. And you said one of the things to come out of that article was you had 45 new inquiries this week? We have indeed. Uh, it's been a very interesting week. We've had 45 new inquiries to start park runs. We had nationally, we had 400 new registrations, which our previous record for a week was 298. And we did set a new record in attendance, but we think that the attendance is actually going to flow through more gradually over time. And we've had some interesting inquiries. We've had an inquiry from a physician in Kansas who owns a 70-acre park where he and his wife maintain trails and allow local groups to do their cross-country races there. He'd like to host a park run. We've been contacted by a couple of the groups that I've been in contact with already that have their own systems of free runs. Uh, we're talking more with them about how we could potentially partner with them. And we've had more attention from parks managers than we have previously, asking about how a park run could fit into their communities. It sounds exciting. I mean, there's so much diversity in America. You're a massive country, a massive population base, but also the different types of environments and the shades across the country is quite different. So that's got to be exciting for you guys looking towards the future. It is. We're working with the National Park Service that hosts some of our park runs here. There are hundreds of national parks around the country. I don't think we could do a park run in the center of Yosemite or somewhere like that. But there are a lot of smaller national parks with very interesting histories that are located adjacent to or inside communities that would be very good for park runs. And of course, we have every possible environment from coastline to deserts to mountains. Having done park run in Russia and, and seeing, having experienced it in Moscow, in St. Petersburg, I remember a December 10th, 2014, on Elagan Island in St. Petersburg, running on three fresh inches of snow, and at 10.15 in the mornings, things still being pitch black. So we know that uh, Park Run works in the winter in Minnesota. Livonia has shown us for five years that it works in the north there. Claremont is the opposite. They run at 7.30 in the morning, and often with over 90% humidity. It sounds like you've had quite a few adventures yourself, Daryl. Have you got a top three? And importantly, have you done all 12 events in the USA? I have not. I have not made it to Chrissy Field or Livonia yet. I, and I have not made it to Egan yet. Uh, for the inaugural at Egan, Colin Phillips went out for us. But... Uh, I hope to eventually. You've done three quarters of the country. That's pretty impressive. Yeah, I'm afraid that uh, if things continue the way they're going, I will simply fall farther and farther behind. The objective hopefully will become unattainable. <laughs> it's a good problem to have. Well, thank you very much for joining us this week, Daryl. It's been wonderful hearing all about what's going on in America, and I know a lot of our adventurers have snuck over there for various events. My husband keeps nagging me to go for a trip. He keeps telling me about the flights and how cheap they are and why can't we go. So hopefully it's not too long until I can come over and visit you as well. We hope you can come and join our many Australian visitors. Hope to make it over there someday. Thanks so much for reaching out, and uh, thanks. We're now joined by a big-time parkrun adventurer. He hails from Queensland, where he's the event director at Wishart Parkrun, but he's just been on some marathon adventures this weekend. Adrian Royce, welcome to the Parkrun Adventurers. Oh, thank you, Mel, and hi, Scott. It's great to be here. I listen to the podcast all the time. It's just terrific. Love it. Well, that's lovely to hear. All right, well, Adrian, let's let's start with your most recent adventures. This weekend, you ran at Hunter Valley Winery Running Festival. Can you tell us a little bit about the festival and how you went? Yeah, I think uh, the festival's been running for quite a while, the running festival, and uh it's, uh, it was at a new venue this year, and I've never done it before. 
Um, but I really wanted a, a follow-up marathon to Gold Coast and booked in for it quite a while ago and uh, I happened to win it. So I jagged a win, so it was terrific. Hmm. How fast do you have to run to jag a win down there? Well, uh, it was about a four minutes, five second per kilometre pace and uh which which i don't know to some people that'll sound very fast to others it may not sound that fast but uh it's a very very hilly marathon there's 650 meters of elevation according to strava it was just hill after hill after hill now adrian that sounds pretty tough after gold coast only a couple of weeks ago is that normal for you to back up a marathon with a marathon no, not really. But unfortunately, in Gold Coast, the second half of it, I was very, very sick and I had to slow down considerably. And I, um, uh, and it really just felt like a half marathon. Um, and uh, so I recovered really quickly from it. So I was pretty well primed for another marathon. And you picked a great location to do it. I like the idea of this winery marathon. Tell us, tell us more about how the event works and what's the attraction yeah there's a uh it's run at the vintage uh winery and it has a golf course there as well so you kind of run around the golf course a couple of times and then go out uh do some uh, very long dog legs i the attraction was just um i had a friend here from malaysia and they wanted to do a run and so I just searched on Google and found the winery marathon and uh, thought, oh, that's a good idea. Why don't we go down and do that? Seemed like a good idea at the time. What about post-race celebrations? Yes, there's plenty of beer and wine at the post-race yesterday. It's the place to do it, isn't it? <laughs> Freely flowing. <laughs> there's vineyards everywhere here. And... I, I've been to previous, not this particular marathon that's in a winery, but I've been to other ones where prize prizes money has also been accompanied by wine for the first place getters or the podium finishers. Did you enjoy that kind of prize too, Adrian? Yeah, they gave us uh, plenty, plenty of wine, um, which is good, but uh, now I've got to carry it all back to Queensland somehow. So. Oh, you can you can always get it posted back. They they're pretty good at doing that. Oh yes, they are too. Yeah, yeah. No, it's a really well run event, and they also had uh, Olympian uh, Scott Westercott there, uh, and he paced the leading pack for about ten kilometres, and then a bit random, he he said goodbye to us, and then went and paced the half marathoners. He must have had tired legs. <laughs> Didn't want to do the full marathon. We might have been a bit slow for him, uh, I was thinking. Now, you also, you like finding interesting marathons because you did the Borneo Marathon recently as well. Tell us about that adventure. Yes, I met up um, at the uh, uh, World Champs last year. I met some Malaysians and they convinced me to come over and do their Borneo Marathon. And so I thought, well, why not? Uh, it turned out that it starts 3 o'clock in the morning and at 3 o'clock in the morning it's already 29 degrees. Uh, and uh, afterwards they said, oh, this has been the hottest marathon we've had in years. I said, oh, thanks very much. But uh, I was able to get second in the Masters division. The Masters was uh, over 40. Now I know I don't look over 40, okay, <laughs> but uh, – and. Uh, and so I got a podium finish there as well, so that was great. Uh, that was a very, very hard marathon. It was hilly as well and very hot. And uh, I ended up having to walk about one and a half kilometres during it. So you start at three o'clock in the morning. Is, is it still dark at that time? Oh, it's, it's, it's very dark. But uh, the sun rose at about six o'clock. So the challenge was to beat the sunrise before it got really hot. And do you run with um, like a headlamp or something or have they lit the course in some way? Yes, it was a very well-organised course. Um, uh, 
it, it followed uh, the streets and roads uh, around Kota Kinabulu, um, which is probably the, the capital of um, northwest Borneo. And um, I had lots of volunteers along the way. Um, uh, yeah, it's, it was about 1,800 participants in the marathon, so it was no dinky marathon at all. Very well organised. Let's turn our attention back to something shorter. You're the ED out at Wishart Park Run. They've been yep. going around for about three years now. Yep. How have you enjoyed those three years? Oh, it's just a tremendous thing we've got going at Wishart. Uh, very high community spirits. Uh, we never have any problems getting volunteers. Uh, we're very close-knit and made so many friends out at Wishart. Yeah, it's, uh, we have a great park run going there. One of the uh, clips on the 100 park run video obviously, is from Wishart. And it's this beautiful little section where you've got all these jacaranda trees and it's been one of our uh, favourite ones, mine and my husband's, to go visit. We haven't made it there yet, but can you tell us a little bit about your course, Adrian, for those who haven't visited Wishart? Well, it is such a beautiful course with gardens right around it. First of all, from the start line, we head north, we follow the Belimba Creek, and uh, uh, which a couple of um, park runs now follow that, Manipi and Mansfield. Uh, we head north about 650 metres and then uh, follow our feet back again past the start line. And as I say at the uh, first-timers briefing, at this stage, everyone still looks good. During winter, we have a, uh, a, mar a tarpaulin put out, which we call a drop zone. So people after 1.3 kilometres can shed off their uh, outer garments, as it were, and uh, keep running the course. And it heads south, crosses a bridge. So that's good for Scotty there. We've got a nice bridge there. Uh, then it goes into a different park where there's uh, lovely gardens and um, uh, a bubbler there, especially good for summer, and uh, lots of pine trees. And then we turn around and, and head back to the finish line. So we go, basically go through three different parks at Wishart Park Run, and each one has its different flora and fauna. You know, on a good day, you might, might see a wallaby out there or if you look up at the gum trees, a koala, and uh, it's absolutely stunning. Yeah, people are so surprised, um, you know, after they've done, say, Stones Corner or uh, South Bank and they come to our little park run and uh, it's nestled in South Brisbane, uh, Southeast Brisbane, and uh, it's just absolutely lovely. That sounds awesome. I've got a question about, we've established you're a fast runner. So what does that mean for your parkrun day experience? Do you treat every parkrun like a good hard session? Do you go hard or do you mix it up or do you love the volunteering aspect? What's your parkrun morning like? Yes, well, I love having a hard run every parkrun. <laughs> uh, I thought you were going to say that. can't help myself. Um and uh, I think it's uh, a lot of people get inspired by that. Um, they they like seeing the the ED going out hard, and and uh, I can always wait at the finish line and cheer everyone else in, and uh, it's just great. I mean, there's a bunch of uh, fast runners at Wishart, and uh, you know we have our own little race within a race and that sort of thing, but uh, it's all friendly stuff, yeah. Well, you're 150 events in at Wishart and you've got quite the crowd showing up there these days. You did mention Mansfield before, which just launched on the weekend. Can you tell us a little bit about that park run? Yes, it's Mansfield's at a uh, nearby suburb to Wishart and it's been held in a uh, park called Tillich Park. It was actually my first idea three and a half years ago to put a park run in that park. But I couldn't find a really good five-kilometre course there. 
Uh, since then, as I've travelled around Australia and a lot of different park runs, I've realised, well, a lot of courses get, do get manufactured. Um, and uh, uh, I, I found a nice course and then I still had the vision of having a park run there and especially now that Wishart's getting a lot of numbers uh, to take some of the pressure off of Wishart's and uh, a lot of people do come from the Mansfield area and they can have their own little park run there. Leave us alone. We can, uh, we can just uh, carry on with hopefully lower numbers at Wishart's. And, uh, yeah, so we, after um, uh, getting a, a state government grant, um, we were able to launch on Saturday. There was a delay. We were meant to launch about a month ago, but... Uh, some sewerage works suddenly ha started happening. We had to delay it to last Saturday. You have to wait for sewerage works. Mm. That's important. <laughs> yes. Hey, how does it rate as a, in your top three? We know you've been to quite a few park runs. Can you yep. can you give us your top three? Does Mansfield's crack it? <laughs> well, I might be a bit biased there with Mansfield, and it is a very beautiful course too. It's got a nice hill in it. It follows the Belimba Creek as well, just as I said, like Manipi and Wishart does. And, uh, yeah, it was very, very lovely on Saturday. There's lots of ducks and birds around and a, a few waterfalls. And it's got a bridge as well, Scotty. So it really does tick all the boxes. Um, but my favourite park runs are always those ones uh, like Gundawindi, Dolby and Warwick. They're just really typical Aussie park runs out there. Um, they typify uh, as though they have a billabong out there, as though the, the swagman could be there, you know, with his tucker bag. I love those ones. Uh, I'm not really a beach sort of park run person and I uh, love going out there to West Queensland and out to those sorts of park runs. What a great top three. We haven't had too many bush park runs mentioned in the top threes in the past, so I'm keen to get out to those ones myself. I haven't made it there yet, but they're on the list. Yeah, I want to go to uh, King of Roy. Oh, uh, not King of Roy, Wondai. Uh, I, I, uh, I had a best, my best friend comes from Wondai, so I want to go out there and uh, do, do that one as well. But, uh, yeah, they're lovely park runs out there. Well, many adventures still to be had. Thank you for joining us on the podcast this week, Adrian, to share some of yours with us. My pleasure. Have a great day. weeks ago during our break we received some roving adventures from Yapoon Parkruns launch and here they are. Okay it's Craig here uh, doing first parkrun adventure interview. We've just finished the Yapoon Parkrun launch and we, we've just finished our breakfast at Lua Living. Um, here with Natalie who is the ED for the event. How did you find the event went off? Good morning. Um, the event went really well. Um, got over a hundred people there, which was fantastic. It was also really good. Uh, obviously, we saw a lot of local Yapoon people, but we had a lot from Rocky, and we've also got people um, down from various areas uh, from Brisbane, which was great to see. How did you find the challenge of organising the event? It was just it. Spending a lot of time uh, with council, which was our local sponsor, um, you know, to organise things there and, and get their support. Um, to get a park run up and running, um, it takes time, um, but we have really good uh, people uh, to help us through, um, especially, yeah, Craig, Territory Director, um, who was of a lot of assistance. It was also great to go to other park runs to see how um, they operated, but I found with Parkrun that they have a lot of good resources, which we really took advantage of. Um, so it did take about six to eight months, somewhere around that ballpark, to get it up and running. So what would you say to, to anyone that was talking to you about um, 
the possibility of running it or organising an event in their town, what would your suggestion and recommendation be to them? I'd say go nuts. Um, it's fantastic. It's a really, really good thing to have in your local community. Um, yeah, by any means, like you can get in touch um, even with Parkrun HQ um, just to get some direction from them. Um, but yeah, it, it's very, very beneficial and um, I think if it's something that you want to bring to your local community, I, I think that you should definitely do it. Now, today's event, um, by all accounts, um, we have broken the Queensland statesman arrangement. Um, we didn't have any statesmen turn up for the event, so we now have at least one week where we don't have a Queensland statesman. So that means potentially more tourists coming in for your Pern. Um, what would your recommendation be to people turning up? They should hang around for a while, make a holiday out of it, in and out in the day. Um, I definitely think that Yapoon is a beautiful little piece on the little, little town on the coastline. Um, definitely recommend if, if everyone has the time to make a, a weekend of it. You can always come down the night before. Um, we've got beautiful beaches here. We all come to Lua afterwards for a coffee. Um, so yeah, I think that if there's opportunity um, for people to, to stay in town for a little bit, I think it's a good thing. Yeah, how all your volunteers, you had a good number of volunteers kicking around today. How did you find that they all went, um, any, or even yourself, did you find any challenges with, with the actual event for the day or it all went smoothly? Um, it all went smoothly this morning, um, purely because we did two trial runs where we did have um, some issues that we tackled and worked through and resolved. Um, so it was trial runs are fantastic for that because it gives you the opportunity to make sure that things on launch day where you have your big numbers, um, that things do run smoothly. And we have got uh, at the moment an, a good number of volunteers um, at Yapoon Park Run, but however, it's encouraged that um, we, we do get a good amount of volunteers available to us so you know people can have a break or even some of the volunteers here are able to do a run so um, yeah it's fantastic to get volunteers on board so um, yeah if, if anyone would like to do that please don't hesitate to contact us. Okay last question um, you've had a almost a little bit of royalty turn up for your launch mm -hmm. with um, the CEO turning up for the gate, event. Gate crashing podcast. <laughs> the podcast <laughs> interview. Good timing. We're just talking about and, you. We were going to organise a, a separate interview for but Tim. Here he so, is. Looking very so, serious in the corner of the cafe. <laughs> so, so how did you find the challenge of having royalty turn up? It was lovely. It was very good. You're talking about the professor. <laughs> professor Burrell. He paid me out for not knowing some people. But anyway, we, we've moved on. We've since become friends. Um, no, it was, it was great to have Tim here um, with us. And yeah, great for everyone at attending park run to actually um, see him participating so yeah it was fantastic hi i'm adrian from wishart park run how did you find the launch today oh the launch was just fantastic and uh i was really excited that there's uh, quite a lot of people there and quite a lot of locals and it's the place is uh the park run place there is well positioned next to a main road yeah. so you'll get plenty of uh drivers going past thinking what is that what's going on there every saturday morning and and that's a really good way to grow yeah how'd you find the course the course yeah it was just brilliant i mean uh it's a slight gradient going up to the first turnarounds uh, which was a bit of a surprise but coming back from the turnaround you can pick up a whole lot of speed and make up for that so so that was that was great yeah. well thank you very much adrian okay yeah, g'day i'm tony jennings and um i'm a parkrun tourist and this is my 78th different tourist parkrun in australia and um yeah glad to be here in yapoon so how did you find the launch today? Oh, it was great. Um, I really enjoyed the event. Uh, this park run has got a character of its own with a gentle, steady incline all the way to the halfway mark and, and then a run back down. So it's, it's a bit of a challenge on the way out, but a bit of relief on the way back. It's in a nice scenic setting, setting so yeah, I quite enjoyed it. 
Hi, my name is Dylan. I'm at Lua Living with Tim. We have just finished the Yapoon Parkrun launch. And how are you going? Great, Dylan. Great to be here. I've made the five and a half hour drive yesterday from Airlie Beach with the family. So I've got my wife, three kids and two dogs in tow. Um, and in North Queensland terms, five and a half hours is just around the corner. So <laughs> it's uh, it's great to be here and I'm very thrilled to be at, a, at another parkrun launch with you guys, hanging out in the cafe. How did you find the launch today? Well, there was more people than I expected. I think there was 109 or 120. 110. Yeah. 110, uh, which is fantastic. And I noticed too that the local running club, Capricorn Runners, there was about 50 of them out on the course yeah. today as well, <laughs> doing their own runs. So uh, it's good to see that running is, is certainly alive and well here in Yapoon. Um, lots of parkrun tourists. We've got people from as far away as Kingscliff, so across the border in New South Wales. Obviously lots of people from Rockhampton, which is only 30 minutes away. And then a good handful from, from Brisbane who are up here. People trying, like uh, Alan Burrell and, and Rasheen Burrell and Adrian Royce, who are trying to uh, continue striving towards their statesmen and stateswomen status. Um, so yeah, it was, it was brilliant, really good atmosphere, lovely course, um, very fast on the inbound leg because it's kind of downhill, <laughs> uh, a bit slower on the outbound leg, but um, no, great to be here and it's been a great morning. So what do you think the future of Parkrun will be? Like what the plan for the future will be? Yeah, well, good, good question. And uh, obviously what we're seeing uh, our 5K Saturday events are just continuing to grow around the country. Uh, I think last week we lost, launched in Coffs Harbour, which was three years in the making. So, you know, some events get up and running really quickly. Others take take a really long time. And, you know, I certainly take my hats off to the team in Coffs Harbour for last week for pers persisting and getting that one up and running. Um, what's really exciting on the horizon for Parkrun is, is Junior Parkrun, which is going to be the, the event for children ages 4 to 14. It's going to be Sunday morning at 8 a.m. We're almost on the verge of announcing a launch date which is really exciting and um yeah so that's gonna that's gonna be huge we're working really hard behind the scenes at the moment to to get everything ready to to get junior park run happening um so look yeah that's really exciting uh watch this space and we hope to have something to announce on that in the next couple of weeks well that's wonderful i hope all the park run goes ahead for the juniors some familiar voices there literally we heard adrian for the second time tim was in there Craig, our Territory Director, who organised it all with Dylan and Tara. Thanks to the team at Yapoon. Lots of launches happening lately, Scotty. It's awesome. Yes. Queensland and South Australia, they're, yep, they're going gangbusters down that way. This week we've just got one coming up in South Australia, which is Cleland, which is going to be their first trail park run. I think they're all oh, a bit excited, excited about that. Yeah, I think there's been a little bit of, ooh, what's going on here business? <laughs> they're not used to it. But, um, you know, not all park runs have to be the same. No, and it's we, always fun to offer something different as well, isn't exactly, it? Exactly, exactly. Like, the, you know, you can't take a pram on some, but that's fine. You can take a pram on others and you can't take a dog on some, but that's fine because you can take your dog elsewhere. But I would encourage everyone in South Australia to embrace the old trail park run. They can be lots of fun when you don't fall over. Absolutely. Yeah. And speaking of places that don't allow dogs, we've got some anniversaries coming up this weekend and Armadale in New South Wales are celebrating. Don't they allow dogs there? They don't because they actually run on university grounds, which That's is right. effectively private property, I guess, and so they're not allowed to have dogs, hmm. which is really disappointing because we were hoping to do that one a few years ago when we were on a road trip with our hounds and we we ended up diverting elsewhere because, yeah, puppies weren't allowed. Good reminder to, if you're taking a dog, just check. Check the website and make sure it's all kosher. But there are also three anniversaries this weekend in Queensland, so a lot of cake going on up here. Coomera, Maryborough, and Weeper. Wow, Weeper, that's gone fast. Hasn't it? Yeah, lots happening up in Queensland this Saturday. Have you got any adventures coming up, Scotty? Look, I don't. My calendar is pretty bare. I'm making some plans to do some stuff that will come out you know, over time, but I can't actually lock into any 
park run dates for the next few weeks. So it's an open so book. So you're not just saying that to lure me into a false sense of security? Definitely not. No. <laughs> I literally have no plans. Well, that's all right. I'm following your lead and I'm heading back to a whole bunch of uh, events that I've already actually participated at in the past. So we can we can take a little hiatus from our competition for a while with me happily ahead of you. Yeah. yeah. Hey, it's still fun to go back. You know, I had a great time at Early and at Laylaw. Just because you've done them before, it's it still means well, they're the fun. Well, the benefit is you've, you've also already met some of the people before and they're more likely to remember you, even if you don't remember their names necessarily. So they'll come and, and um, say hooray again. So I, I do love going back to events I've already been to before, even if they're not my home park run. But that's it for episode 70-something. 70-something, yep. So how are we going to work this going forward, Mel? Are we going to stick to a weekly release or are we going to play around with that format um i don't know i think i think we could be a little bit flexible yeah let's let's go with a flexible approach moving forward we probably won't have a month off like we've just done no i missed i missed us too much did you <laughs> i did hey did anybody ask you where's the podcast Ah, uh, repeatedly really and on a week on a weekly basis yeah that's kind of nice isn't it i had quite a few it, questions it is kind of nice yeah so thanks for those few people that did miss us. We missed you all too. And I missed you, Mel. It's good to catch up again. It is good to catch up. It's been far too long. Yeah. So let's do it again soon.